Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Burgess Hill. This message is by Sharon Vanderput. I'm just, I'm just going to jump straight in. Is that okay? We're just going to go straight for what God has for us this morning. I believe that God wants to release faith this morning. And He wants to bring some hope and cut off some shame and condemnation and just spark something in you. Are you ready for it? Okay. I really believe that God wants to build up your inner man, your inner inner person, and your spirit this morning. Because just like we sang just now, way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. The reason we're declaring it is because it's truth. And how do we know that it's truth? It's because it's in here. And the amazing thing about truth is that truth does not change, but facts do. And this is the Word of God, the truth about God is unchanging. It's unchanging and that's what we can put our faith in. And that's why we really believe this kingdom faith is so important that our worship comes from the Word. Because when we declare the truth and we're putting our faith in truth, that is never changing. That is always standing, always stable, unshakable. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Remember when Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And because the truth is a person, and because it's Jesus, the truth cannot be affected by circumstances or facts. It can't be affected by that. But facts can change. Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? Amen. If God is Lord over your life, He has the last word. He has the last word because He's in charge and He is Lord. So when He says in Revelation 21 that when there's a new heaven and a new earth, He will wipe away every tear that you've cried. There will be no more pain, no more mourning, no more sadness. Then He means it and that's exactly what's going to happen because that's what He has said. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Right, are you with me? Amen. Good. We're going to continue in our series, and I just felt we just needed to start with that. I just wanted to break through something in your spirit and in your heart to be, and this is a line that I've actually, it's funny because I was talking to Kev about this. I felt like I had this line first, but this guy preached it first. So what in my preparations of two weeks, I came up with that line, but then he preached it first, a guy called Stephen Furtick, and he's called it, facts are not final. And I was like, oh, he stole my line. Now it looks like I stole his line. I had it first. Anyways, facts aren't final. Okay, Romans chapter four. We've been going through Romans and today we're going to be looking at that chapter. And as I've been preparing for this for the last two weeks, specifically this has been these few verses that really stood out to me that I believe God wants us to focus on. So I want you to get out your Bibles. Let's read it together. Um, if you've got your notebook, pen, highlighter, whatever you do, let's, let's get into the Word. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not going to lose my voice. I've done too much shouting during worship. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, we're going to start in Romans chapter 4, verse 13 to 21. 
okay? This is about Abraham. And it says, it was not through the law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. For of those who depend on the law are heirs, faith means nothing and the promise is worthless. Because the law brings wrath, and where there is no law, there is no transgression. Remember, we covered this over the last few weeks. Therefore, the promise comes by faith, so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is a father in the sight of God in whom he believed. And now this is important. The God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. That's faith. Calling things into being that were not. Verse 18. Oh, I really hope you're going to get as excited about these verses as I am, okay? So just stick with me here. Catch the, catch the faith, okay? In eight, verse 18, it says, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. Sounds like a contradiction, but it's not. It's a journey, and we're going to get to that in a minute. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old and as Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. All right, we're going to break this down. And we're going to go look at this a bit more in detail because we're going to look at the journey of faith this morning. A journey of faith. So often we think that faith is a state of mind or stale or just, you know, standing. But I believe faith is moving. And we always expect to have this finished product of, boom, there it goes. I have faith for this to happen right now. And that's not often how it happens. We go on a journey with it. And that's exciting because it means that there is hope for people like me when we don't believe. Hallelujah. Okay, let's start with verse 17 and let's break it down, okay? The God who gives a life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. He said that's faith. Now, verse 18 and 19, look at that. No, verse 19. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Faith is not ignoring the facts. It's facing the facts with Jesus. And I love how he says it there because it doesn't say that we have to ignore what's going on, pretend it's not happening. No, Abraham faced the facts. He faced it. And actually in that facing of the facts... Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was actually strengthened in his faith. How can you be strengthened when you face the facts? It's because when you come to the end of yourself, it's the birthing place of the supernatural of God. Because you're just like, God, I can't do it. No one can do it. There's literally no way I can do it. And when you come to the end of yourself, that's where it's God's specialty. That's God's specialty, the impossible. 
Facing the facts does not have to weaken our faith. We feel like when we do face the facts, it it will weaken our faith. It can, but it doesn't have to because it depends who you're facing them with and out of whose eyes you're seeing those facts. We can actually draw strength from casting our cares on him and be like, God, do your thing. Is it great when the pressure is off of you? (laughs) When you know there's nothing you can do, you just have to trust him. Facing the facts is part of faith. And it does not have to weaken your faith because facts are not final. Can you say facts are not final? Well done. Well done. Okay, in verse 20. It says, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. That is such an important point, okay? He gave glory to God before he saw anything happen. And he knew, God, I can't do this. Only you can, and I thank you for that. I thank you because I know who you are. I know the truth, and that is something that, I really believe God wants to instill in us afresh that we praise before the breakthrough. We give glory to God before the breakthrough. It's like, what trust is there? You know, if I ask Kevin to say, to do something or say something, and I in advance say, Kev, thank you so much for doing that. That was amazing. I haven't even said anything yet. But what does it say? It says trust, doesn't it? It puts confidence in it. And I know he's going to do a great job. So, you know, and I really believe that this is one of the points this morning that there will be different things for different people. But for some of you, it's we need to learn to give glory to God before anything has happened. And that's a big challenge to me. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 21. (laughs) I love this one. Being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Do you notice that this is not extremely specific and personal here to his situation? He put his faith in the fact that God is able to do what he promises. And so often we believe, and it's so important, obviously, I'm not saying that's not true. Please hear me here. We do have to come to the place where we put faith into practice, apply it to our own life and and have that God wants to do this. God is going to do this for me. And this is true for me. Absolutely. But so often we don't end up in that place right away. And then there can be condemnation and there can be shame and we can feel bad. It's like, I just, I don't feel like, I don't feel like I'm at that place. And this is where this this is so encouraging with Abraham and looking at the different translations. He put his faith in the fact that God is able to do whatever he promises. And sometimes that is easier (laughs) believing straight away this can happen for me now and I'm not saying that this is not where we need to end up that's not what I'm saying but what I am saying is that we rather than focusing on where we are not and what we don't believe in yet we can focus on what we do believe and we fix our eyes on what we do believe and we put our faith in the fact that I know God is able to do this I know God is able to heal cancer whether whether he can heal me Oh, I'm not sure if I'm at that place right now. I'm just using an example here, okay? But I know that God is able to do it. 
I know God is able to heal cancer. So rather than focusing on the fact of, oh, I can't believe it and being like, oh, trying to make faith happen, I focus on what I do believe. Because that is where Abraham was at. If you look at his journey, Genesis 12 to 21. Genesis 12, God calls Abraham. And in Genesis 21 is the birth of Isaac. And in that whole time, there's just a few chapters, a whole bunch of things happen. Abraham tries to make it happen on his own. Sodom and Gomorrah happens. Lot happens. All sorts of things happen. And we think it's just a few chapters. It's 25 years. Abraham was 75 when God first spoke. It was 25 years in between. And so much can happen on our journey of faith. And the reason I think it's so important that we see it as a journey is because it means there is hope. There is growth. There is a process. There is a journey. And that's okay. Abraham was on it. And I just want to encourage you this morning that sometimes it's okay to be like, you know what, I'm not sure if I believe this right now, but I'm going to focus on what I do believe and what I do know. And we put our faith in that. You with me? Why is that so important? Because <laughs> when we pray, why do we pray? When we pray with people, we want to agree with one another on where we're at. And this is something that Kevin and I do when we pray together for each other for healing. We always ask each other, do you believe God can do this? Or what do you believe God is going to do? Because we want to align our faiths with one another. And this is not to condemn the other person of, oh, you know, you don't believe this yet or whatever. It's like, no, what do you believe? What, what can you be? Where is your faith? And I'm going to join in with that. Because the Bible says that wherever two or three agree on anything on earth shall be done, right? So rather than focusing on trying to be there and trying to strain for, we can't make faith happen. It, it says that God is the author and perfecter of our faith. It starts with God. You can't muster up faith. You can't make it happen. It's something from God. It's something of God. He is the author and perfecter of our faith. So whatever you've got inside, rather than straining, oh, I've got to believe this. What do you believe? Great, let's believe that. And then maybe one point you'll end up at a different... I want to share a story with you, personal story. Um, it happened to me uh, probably five years ago now. Uh, Kevin and I were still in our second year of Bible college, and um, I was, I was, I was walking, and I, I basically fell down the stairs, and there's these metal bits that kind of cover the, the stair edges, and basically I smashed my kneecap into, that those metal pieces, and uh, while I was when I fell down the stairs, um, you know how you have like. Uh, you have like liquid underneath your kneecap to keep things in place and all of that. Let's just say it didn't all stay in my kneecap, uh, in my knee. Uh, it's just a very painful situation. Very just, yeah. Anyways. Um, sorry. <laughs> this is, I can't use the lapel mic because I've got no pockets today. I uh, apologize. For whoever's listening to this recording, pray for you. 
Thank you, Jesus. Anyways, so people come and find me. They're like, we've got to call the ambulance, blah, blah, blah. Kevin and someone carry me to the room. And um, we had this couple living on site called Tom and Angela. And they were kind of like our parents. They were living on site with college students and kind of, you know, if we needed anything, they were there. And um, this lovely lady, Angela, um, she comes and she just closes the door, you know, all the craziness, leave it outside the door. She comes to me. I'm like at this point screaming in pain. And she's like, should we pray? I was like, sure you can. At the moment, to be very honest with you, in that place, I was not in a place of faith to be healed. I wasn't. And she knew that. And that's okay. She prayed for me. She laid hands on me. She just prayed. And uh, she asked me if anything changed. I said, no, I was honest with her. And blessed, the Lord must have spoken to her about continuing to pray because she kept praying. She didn't stop. And I was like, okay, oh, she's not, gonna, she's not stopping here. She's not stopping. Something's going to happen here. And she prayed and prayed about six times. And it was at the sixth time that I felt like the pain eased a little bit. And just that little bit of easing just brought a bit of faith in me of, okay, maybe the pain can go down just a little bit more, a little bit more. By the time we'd prayed eight times, I was completely healed and I was jumping up and down. Everything was like, it was like nothing happened. It was honestly an incredible, it was incredible for me to, to witness that. But there's two things I've really learned from that and stayed with me. First of all, to never, ever give up praying for people. Never. Because you never know, you never know. <laughs> and just with with Angela she just really taught me such a valuable lesson in that moment she just did not give up and she must have thought like this woman's not giving me anything like she's just like giving up on all of it but it didn't matter she kept praying anyways and at some point something happened and I was like yeah and it sparked faith in me and then I was like okay let's pray again maybe more can happen now maybe more can happen and it, it was that journey of faith and the second thing that I learned was that God did not condemn me for not being in that place in the first place he was so gracious so gracious and his lady was so gracious to say it's okay we'll pray again we'll keep praying we'll keep praying so if you ask me to pray for you just know that I'll keep praying until I see something change because that really, I've really learned something very valuable there. Sometimes we have to be honest and say, God, I'm just not in that place yet. And that's okay. And let's look at a story that I really love. Got to move on here. Sorry, guys. Um, Mark 9. And oh, I really, I really love this story. Because there is this, this is after, I think this is after the transfiguration. Let me find it. Um, Mark chapter 9. Yes, it's after the transfiguration. And then it's a, let's, where should we start? Um, verse 17. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. I asked the disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Your unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Some strong words there, hey? 
So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has, be, has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. This sounds like a contradiction, but it is not. It's such a beautiful picture of the journey of faith that this father was on. I do believe, help my unbelief. It's that I do believe something, but help my unbelief because it's still there. And it's just that brutal honesty with Jesus. And some of us need to come to that place this morning of just being honest with God. Lord, I do believe, help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. Which is amazing because then afterwards it says, um, when Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, it's very dramatic, he rebuked the impure spirit, you deaf and mute spirit. He said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he's dead. But Jesus, I love, don't you love those words? But Jesus, but Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, this kind can come out only by prayer. I love the fact that just Jesus' graciousness there of, of the Father just being so honest with him. And he's saying, you know what? I will, I'll help you on belief. I'll help you on belief. And he did it anyway. And he healed him. Thank you, Jesus. Are you okay? Are you with me? Can you say facts aren't final? Well done. You're still awake. As we keep praying, reading the words, believing, believing what God says. And we start, uh, our faith starts with him. How do we feed that faith? How do we grow that faith? You might say, well, your own experiences or the things that happen will grow your faith. It can, but we can't rely on that. Because we need to rely on truth, not on experiences. And not each experience is the same. It's unreliable. The word says in Romans 10 verse 17, in New King James Version, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We have to feed on the word of God <laughs> to grow our faith. And I'm really sorry to tell you this, but there's no way around this. There is no way around this. This is the bread of life. The Word is a person. It says in John 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God and everything was created through Him. There is no way around other than feeding on the Word. There's no way around it. There's no way to avoid it. <laughs> we can't live the life of a disciple of Christ if we don't choose to feed on the Word and put our life into the word. 
It's truth. They will know the truth and the truth will set them free. Amen. The Word of God is alive and active. Amen. There is so much in this and that's why I I don't want to guilt trip you into anything. I'm trying to encourage you to feed on the Word of God and whatever that looks like to make it happen. Whether that's putting up scriptures, if you spend a lot of time in the bathroom, putting scriptures on a mirror, on the toilet door, I don't care, in your cupboards, have audio Bible running in the background, reading it, putting reminders on your phone, scriptures coming up, doesn't matter. Whatever it is, make it happen. (laughs) Feed on the word. The feeding on the truth is only, that's the only thing that we can rely on that will feed us, that will set us free, that feeds our faith. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm going to be really bold and say something. I hope that's okay. Just hear me on this, okay? Listening to preachers can't replace you reading the Word. Okay, hear me on this. Preachers are great. Sunday morning, there's a reason we preach. Listening to preachers is great. It's important. But it cannot replace you feeding on the word. Because we want to be people of primary faith, not secondary faith. We, all these revelations, Pastor Clive, Kevin and I, we can spend all the effort we want into a word and bring the most amazing word ever. But the thing is that God wants to give you those revelations too. God wants to speak to you directly. And it's great to hear God through other people. And that's why, you know, we have the word, prophecy, great. But if if prophecy starts replacing you hearing from God for yourself, we have a bit of a problem. Okay? Because we can't rely on secondary things. It has, not that it's not good, but God is like, I want to speak to you. I want you to hear me. I want to show you things. Okay? If our worship needs to come from the Word, our prayer needs to come from the Word, our truth is based from the Word, can you see how crucial the Word is? <laughs> Can't get away with it. So I'm sorry to tell you, but there's no way around it, okay? Feeding on the Word. With Jesus in your life, the facts are final. We don't deny the facts, but we face them and we choose faith and truth over the facts because the facts don't set us free but the truth does hallelujah God is faithful to continue the work that he started what is so important is notice how Abraham going back to Romans he had that word from God didn't he he had that promise from God and God kept confirming the word over and over again throughout chapters in Genesis between 12, I think 14, 16, 18, kept giving promises and reminding him, I'm serious, I'm serious. Maybe you're at a place where you're like, I don't know what to believe or put my faith in because I don't feel like I've had a word from God. Toby, would you mind coming up to, to play? Thanks. Um, maybe God wants to give you a word this morning. Maybe you need to ask God for a word this morning, something to stand on in your situation. See, it's so important that with the, these things, 
and with the prayer and with agreeing with one another in faith that we're led by the Spirit and not by emotions. Because the Spirit is truth. Amen. Emotions can change. So it's so important that we are focusing on God. Now, along that journey of, of believing God, trusting Him, going on that journey, step by step, step by step, step by step. Sometimes we think for people, who, maybe people have the gift of faith, people that are like, oh, we see them do amazing things. We think that it's just there and it just happens. You know, so often, you, Kev, can you call me on FaceTime? So often, there is moments where you have, what's happening? Do I not have reception here? It's possible. Oh, I'm on airplane mode, that's why. Sorry. Didn't want the mic to go off and be, do funny business. Try again. The enemy will try to discourage you. Thoughts and lies will try to come and all of that. I did steal this from Stephen Fertig, by the way, in case you were wondering. Look at this button. Accept, decline. Sometimes, five times a minute, you're going to have to press decline. Not listening to you. Not listening to you. Not listening to you. I'm not going to answer your call. Kev, can you do it again? I want you to keep this in your mind because you do not have to accept every call. You do not have to accept every thought. You don't have to accept everything that comes in, that is said over you, that is spoken over you, because we have the truth of God. And if it does not line up with the Word of God, we press decline. The enemy wants to have some face time with you all the time. He's going to tr keep trying to call you. He's going to be that annoying person that always calls you. You don't want to speak to them. I want to encourage you to decline those calls, decline those calls. And if that helps you picture it in your mind, no, press decline. Don't have to, don't have to. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Would you stand with me? I really believe that. I don't know where you're at right now, to be honest with you. But I, I just had been praying and preparing for the last couple of weeks. I really believe God wants to do a release in you this morning. And we might be in different places of, of that journey of faith. And that's okay. But maybe you just need to be really honest with God. Say, God, I do believe, but help my unbelief, Lord. Help me, Lord, to believe. I need your faith, Lord. I, do, I, I can't. I'm not meant to. But you are the author and perfecter of my faith. Maybe this morning you need a word from God. Maybe you just need that promise, a scripture, something that will just be like that promise that you can hold on to. Maybe you feel like you've got nothing to hold on to. Maybe you just need to declare that these facts, this situation isn't final because God has the last word. Receive 
from God right now. Just fix your eyes on Him. And this time, we're going to take our time with this response, okay? I've done this deliberately to, to do this. Have some time. We're not going to rush this. Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that even Abraham was on a journey of faith. And he's mentioned in Hebrews 11 as a hero of faith. So, Father, I just want to thank you that you don't condemn us. There is no shame. Father, I thank you that we can give you glory and be strengthened by facing the facts. We can be strengthened by looking at you because we know that great is he that lives in me than he that is in the world. Father, I thank you that we can declare truths this morning over our lives. If you need a truth this morning, I'll give you one. Great is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Father, I thank you that you are faithful to finish the work that you started. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.